This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Thank you so much for listening. Every week, I appreciate you. Make sure you rate and review us. Check out the YouTube page for the video, uh, youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. And if you want to become a part of my fan club, as always, the Fun Hoss is available on patreon.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. And it is a blast. I will be adding many more videos once I get through all of this that I'm going through. If you haven't heard, my mother passed away. And I decided to document my grief in a little mini series, Jessie Mae's Grief Survival Guide, as I go through the various stages of grief to share with you how I'm doing it. <laughs> Lots of cocaine and heroin. No, you guys know I don't use either of those drugs. I've never even used them once. Maybe I should. Just kidding. But I will be documenting how I'm processing the stages of grief. And today's episode highlights stage one, shock and denial. It depends on what you look at, seven stages or five stages of grief. But the seven stages that are thought of to exist for grief are shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, the upward turn, reconstruction and working through, and acceptance and hope. And the more condensed version is shock, guilt, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So buckle in. This is going to be a very fun, informative, revealing, raw, candid experience. I feel very, very, very uh, nervous, but also excited to process this with the ability to share what I'm going through with you guys. That'll help me cope. And if I can do something to help you guys get through your own subsequent grief, I'm here for it. So thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes and make sure you check out the YouTube page. I appreciate all of you so, so much. This is a very difficult process and I want you to know that you'll get through it. If I can get through it, you can get through it. And hopefully this grief survival guide will help you along your process. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Pour some whiskey, some vodka, some tequila. You're going to need it, bitch. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, my mom died. I'm just going to come out and say it. And this is basically my grief survival guide. And going through the various stages of grief, which always, they, they don't always come in order. You know, there are different ways that they come and you may experience one for a while and another for months. And, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's not so clean cut. It's not, you know, uh, something that is neat so if you're somebody who's going through this, just know that. Know that 
however you need to grieve there is that that's your process i am currently in shock and denial a hundred percent in it that's why i'm able to podcast and i thought what a unique experience to be able to document this for myself and for other people it's it's something that has been studied for years and and it's something that is very based on the individual but you know depending on who you ask or what you research there's either five or seven stages of grief it's a shock and denial pain and guilt which can sort of be taken out of the seven stages and you know uh condensed down to five but it's shock and denial let's just go straight seven see one of the things about shock and denial is your brain doesn't fucking work so if we're gonna go seven stages of grief this is how we're gonna go we're gonna go shock and denial pain and guilt anger bargaining um uh depression the upward turn and reconstruction and and working through the upward swing and then beyond that is acceptance and hope so if we narrow it down to the more traditional stages of grief, it's five. Shock and denial, uh, shock, guilt, anger, depression, and acceptance. And I can say that I've felt all of those already with my mom's experience and my mom's death. She was in the ICU for two months she went in for a twisted colon and well let, let me just uh, you guys know this isn't going to be so depressing <laughs> it's going to be real as fuck I'm going to stay true to how I'm feeling but this is a beautiful opportunity and experience for us to have together and for me to help process these stages of grief so she went in for a twisted colon, which, you know, she had issues over the summer. She always had kind of digestion issues and things that weren't right. Ooh, <laughs> my microphone just died. Everything's dying on me. Humor is so important. Through all of this, humor is going to be my my rock. It's going to be the thing that keeps me centered besides my family uh, which I am heading to. That's why I'm in this cabin. I'm in Manti, Utah, in this really beautiful little cabin driving cross country to get home to my family. There is no rush now because mom is gone, but she went through a really long battle in the ICU and, you know, she had a twisted colon out of the blue. I'm sure you guys have heard this because I've talked about it before. I've spoken about it on other episodes. But while she was waiting to get prepped to have surgery, because when you have a twisted colon, which, like, honestly, is just... Nature's such a cunt. Nature's a twisted colon, really? Isn't it, it... Isn't the colon basically a part of the most twisty organ we have? Like, our intestines are the twistiest things ever next to the folds in our brain. I guess our nerves are really twisty too. And you know, just like everything. Okay. So we're all, we're all twisted inside. Everything's fucked. (laughs) Thank God for mud water. Okay. I've got my travel mug and my mud water to keep my brain somewhat balanced. Got that lion's mane, cordyceps, some mushrooms to keep my brain right. And you better believe I've got a whole fucking bag of psilocybin. Come after me, law enforcement. Try and arrest me. I'm trying to zoot out on shrooms so I can talk to Nancy again. And I don't have that right? Ah, shit, that is hot. Fuck, they're not lying. Oh, I just drank out of this. <coughs> I just drank out of my thermos that I got from Target. This thing, it says that it keeps it, keeps it hot. I didn't think it would because it looked cheap, but my taste buds are singed to shit right now. Well, you guys, you should get this thermos if you're traveling. It's at Target. Uh, It's pretty, pretty legit. I think it's the brand thermos, not a sponsor. You're welcome. I'm feeling generous because Nancy's dead. 
So, on the table, in the room, getting prepped to have surgery, and she she coats out. She, she goes into cardiac arrest and codes out, and they had to defibrillate her a few times and bring her back, but then she also had to have surgery. So... You know, and that surgery, she had an incision from her sternum down below her belly button. It was a very invasive surgery. Her body had so many insults to it in the interim and the the entirety of her stay in the ICU from her going into her death. She had so many things go on that complicated her ability to heal. And she had preexistent issues. Luckily, we didn't have to deal with COVID, but it basically could have been the same thing because of our inability to see her towards the end because of the COVID numbers. But, you know, she had COPD. She had emphysema. She had lupus. These are all really brutal, difficult things to deal with on top of her colon being fucking twisted. And, you know... I honestly think, and I'm sure you guys have had these experiences with people who go into the hospital for one thing, and they end up staying for a multitude of other reasons that have nothing to do with the thing that brought them in. My mother, she healed from the surgery. She healed from a twisted colon. But I think our bodies communicate. It's it's like how we, you know, the lack of communication we have with creatures in the wild there is a it's lost in translation because we don't speak dog we don't speak cat or deer or ferret whatever your fucking pet is but with our bodies our bodies speak to us and we should be fluent in that language but our lifestyle our stressors our ancestral trauma and damage our existent issues that we may have fog up our ability to listen to our own body that mixed with she was very stubborn and I'm not saying she passed away because she didn't listen to her body what I'm saying is I think her body was so run down that it was like you're not gonna listen to me bitch I take this and it just like twisted her colon. <laughs> I ha- let me laugh okay it's my mom She's dead. I can laugh. Okay? Um, I, I truly believe that, though. I truly believe that the body will hurt different parts of itself to get you to focus on the real areas of issue. And we have to listen to our bodies. We We have to find a way to clear out all of the noise in our minds and our in our souls and our being that is fogging up our ability to translate what's going on within our own vessel. We have one vessel. And if you love people, if you have kids, if you have younger people in your life who you want to be around for, take care of your vessel. Look, anger's already coming up. <laughs> Quick as that. I'm in denial and I'm like, this fucking bitch. Um... There's so much going on in my mind. You know, they talk about baby brain that happens to mothers after they have their children. And they're so foggy because of the release of hormones. You know, they need to have those nurturing hormones and also the hormone influx so that their body can change so they can provide nourishment for their babies. Like there's the baby brain. Then there's the chemo brain that happens to people after they get chemotherapy where their brain is foggy because it's been totally annihilated by those chemicals there really is a grief brain grief brain is real and it's it's much i would assume i don't i don't have kids and and knock on all the fucking wood in this place by the way highly flammable this fucking cabin that i'm in it it it's it's just like you know the the most delicious foods are bad for you the cutest cabins are highly dangerous <laughs> don't light a fire um I, I don't have any kids. I've never had cancer. But I would imagine that grief brain is much alike and, and akin to those types of brains. I feel foggy. 
I feel very numb. But also, I've been here before. And I'm not saying that once you grief, you know, you're good. You're one and done. Dad's dead. Oh, mom should be a, a, a walk in the park. No, I can't even walk in the park without crying because it's so beautiful and it makes me think of my mom. I'm saying I've been here and I'm not a stranger to grief. I think I think I'm I know I'm a really strong bitch. And my mom is a strong woman. It's it, and that's the other thing to struggle with the the tense of which you speak about your loved ones, your loved ones, is, was, she used to, she did, all these past tense references, it's, it's such a strange thing to try and grasp. And in the beginning of time, no, of grief, you know, you gotta go slow. You really gotta go slow. And I'm going to get into like actual ways to help you guys cope with this. And that will help me cope with this. But I left yesterday morning from my, my place in LA and I felt numb, fatigued. I felt definitely in a disbelief, a state of disbelief. And also like I was just fucking here I was just fucking here with my dad 2017 to 2018 lost him in October 2018 you know right before Halloween didn't get to have those last holidays with him and here I am again mom dies on February or February what what fucking day is it November, Friday the 13th, this, this snarky bitch, she's like, oh, yeah, it's Friday the 13th, bye, (laughs) peace is out, and here my sister and I are again with the most emotional holidays on the horizon, I mean, it couldn't have been fucking President's Day, Grandparents' Day, no offense, that would have probably been pretty bad, too. Well, Easter? Who gives a fuck about Easter? You know? Easter causes diabetes. Like, let, let's be serious here. Friday the 13th. Two weeks shy of her birthday. She's like, I'm out. And, you know, I'm sitting in my car as I leave my place from L.A. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm just... I was thinking about my sister. I was thinking about my drive. Thinking about my presence and how much I love my mom. I just was in a really pure moment at this red light, staring off. You know when you just stare off and you're in, lost in thought. And I hear from across my window, through the window of the other car next to me, a guy say... You have a beautiful spirit. And I just look over at him and it's this bald fat dude. I'm nothing against bald fat guys. I'm just, it's just a description. Can people stop getting triggered off of fucking descriptions? He was a bald fat guy. Like if, if, if he, if he murdered somebody and I had to like describe him to the police, you know, give a description, I would say he was a bald fat guy. I wouldn't say he had hair to anticipate the feelings of other bald people and how they might feel about me saying something about this man being bald. He was bald and fat. Okay. Probably to his own demise, (laughs) but this bald fat guy in this Mercedes with an accent, he goes, you have a beautiful spirit. I, I trained with monks 40 years, 40 years. I trained with monks and I, 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 I am a spirit guide. I would love to read your spirit. I don't charge. This guy's doing a spirit healing deal through my window, through all the windows at this light. And I'm just like, huh? I, I was like, thank you. Like, I know I got a beautiful spirit, sir. It's my charm. 
It's my calling in life. My spirit is my calling. I know. I know. You have a beautiful spirit. He goes, let me read you. No charge. I was like, no, you don't charge people. I mean, we're ha- we're like negotiating a, a spirit deal at this red light in, in, in Los Angeles. It goes, no, the monks say we should not charge. And I'm like, uh, in my mind, I'm actually considering having this guy read my spirit because that's how vulnerable I was. And there's going to be a point to this. If you remember what happened when my dad died previously, there's going to be a point and I'm going to get to it. So I look at him. He goes, I go, he goes, do you want my card so I can read your spirit? And I was like, I, uh, how, how? Like you're so, what, uh, what? I literally was like, how? He goes, pull over up here. You pull over. I give you my card. And the light turned green. And I just was like, I, I got to go. And I, I drove through the light. And then I actually thought to myself, my first thought was, <laughs> what if this guy was the only connection to my mom? Like, what if the universe delivered this fucking bald fat guy in his Mercedes Benz on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning at a red light? What if he was my communication? What if he was my Odame? Okay, what if he was my Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost? You in danger, girl. I I was like, fuck. And I honestly considered stopping where I was so that this man could come around and find me or going to find him. Now, the point of this is that in these moments of death, tragedy, trauma, at at the very beginning, at the at the very just opening of the trauma, my mother just died. You are so vulnerable. You are so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. You don't even know how vulnerable you are. And your spirit is exuding vulnerability. And people who know how to pick up on that scoop that shit up like a Rocky Road scoop of ice cream and they put it on their cone, on their spirit healing card cone. (laughs) But then again, am am I jaded? Am I a jaded human? Maybe this man is a true spirit healer. I believe in spirit healing. I believe in tapping into the spiritual world and tapping into the energy fields and the the realm and dimensions that we can't see with our own eyes. I believe in that. But I also believe that a vulnerable bitch gets killed. <laughs> when you're vulnerable, you get murdered. Hello? Why do you think bitches always go missing on vacation? Because they want love. And guys know that. And girls are just walking around doughy-eyed in bikinis like it could happen on a beach because I've watched 17 romantic comedies that told me this can happen. No, bitch. You're not going to find love on the beach. You're going to find a sandy grave. Keep your head up, bitch. You got to listen to Tupac. Keep your head up. You got to listen to Wu-Tang. Protect your neck. They're talking to you. You got to listen you got to read and see and hear the signs of protection. There are other spirits protecting you, and it's Tupac and (laughs) Wu-Tang. So this man may or may not have been an energy healer, okay? Not holding it against you energy healers out there. Sure, I believe in it. I've got some of those capabilities myself. I truly believe that. I am very, very intuitive to people's emotions, pain, and thoughts, and process. I, I'm very, very open to that and, and, and sensitive to people's strife. I, I can read people really well. But I also know a bitch gets murdered. Hi, Natalie Halloway. Can't say hi to her. Why? She died. She died where? Aruba. Aruba, Jamaica, Ooh, you about to die, bitch. Like, that's what that song is about. So I also know that I am in a very vulnerable position. So I chose to be safe. Okay? I chose to go the safe route. Because, you guys remember, maybe you don't, when my father died, almost the same amount of time, like two days after he died, I went to the beach with my one of my besties, Sarah, And we're just walking on the beach and I've got my necklace 
you know, I, I, I have it. I don't have it on now. I usually wear all the same necklaces every single day. I interchange them once in a while. All my necklaces are special to me. Um, I'm, I'm wearing one that my dad gave me right now. It says Jessica, which is my birth name. We're going to relieve all, r- reveal all the secrets on this podcast. But after my dad died, I purchased a necklace when I was in Beirut. I did shows in Beirut, Lebanon, and I had a, a custom necklace made for my sister and I that said Yousef, which is Joseph in Lebanese. No, my dad's not Lebanese. No, I don't speak Lebanese. Not a lick of it. Uh, Habibi, is that, I, I, that's probably not even close. It's probably very racist and somebody's going to scream at me. I don't speak a lick of Lebanese, but I was in this beautiful country with these beautiful people having an amazing experience. Thinking of my father, we were traveling with a jewelry maker and designer. I, I am a person who seizes opportunities and seizes the day. So I thought, well, this is a gift. I will have this man make me a necklace that says Yusef Joseph in Arabic on my necklace and get one for my sister. And so I had that necklace on. I've worn that necklace every day pretty much since I had it. And the only reason why I recently took it off is because it broke. So it's being fixed. So I'm at the beach with this necklace on. And I'm very vulnerable, very susceptible, motherfuckers. My heart is wide open. That's the beautiful thing about grief and trauma. On the other side of it, even through it, in it, in the, in the, in the bellies of it, in the bowels of it, you can break wide open. Your heart can break wide open. It's a very beautiful thing and it's healthy but it makes you super susceptible and super vulnerable to people who are keen to what vulnerable bitches look like. You want to know what we look like? Ah. (laughs) That's what vulnerable bitches look like. Somebody hold me. You're in a, you're in a state of needing comfort. And some people, good people, real spiritual healers will comfort you. Pariahs, and, and sycophants and vampires will suck you dry. And it's up to you as an adult to decipher the difference. Luckily, I'm a very smart bitch. I've been attacked and raped and mugged and all these things where I have learned to read the room, the rapey room, and get the fuck out. <laughs> so... I'm on this beach with my girl, Sarah, I've got my necklace on and I go up and I'm just literally, I've been asking for my dad, much like I've been doing with my mom since Friday. Where are you? Where the fuck did you go? Cause you're in disbelief, even though it's numb and it's, it's denial. There's still a disbelief and shock. So with shock, you're just like, what, what, where'd you go? So that's the energy I'm putting out on this particular sunny day when I was at the beach with my Yousef necklace on with my girl, Sarah. Where are you, Joe? That's my energy. And I'm standing at the beach looking out into the ocean and I see this white van pull up. It's never a good sign. Nothing good comes out of a white van. It's either flowers or or, or dismemberment. That's survival science. Here comes a fucking bald kind of fat guy. And we're seeing a pattern. This bald kind of fat guy comes out. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm always cognizant of my peripheral and beyond. I'm always cognizant of what's beyond my peripheral because of the things I said it that have happened to me. And so I just kind of notice him, but I'm also in my own vulnerability. And in this moment of asking where the fuck my father is, that I'm a little aloof and I'm just looking out into the ocean and he said something about it's a beautiful day, which such a generic line as a murderer or a man who's like really looking for love. Let's get rid of that line. You got nothing else up your sleeve. Huh? Ted Bundy. That's oh, a beautiful day. What for murder? No, thanks. Gross. I sipped my mud water that time because I knew that an explosion of heat was going to hit my taste buds. 
So I said, yeah, it is a beautiful day. And I might have had some tears in my eyes. I think I did. Um, and I just look out into the ocean and he's kind of standing there. He's like right next to me, you know, he's, he's probably two feet away, not too close for comfort, but still too close for comfort, but I'm vulnerable. So I wouldn't, you know, if he was licking my ear, I probably would have let it happen. And he just goes, who's Joseph? And I turned to him and I went, what? He goes, it's coming to me. There's a, there's a Joseph. I hear, I hear a Joseph that I, I, I'm, I'm sensitive to energies and I can read energies and I feel like there's a Joseph somewhere. And I said, my, that was my father. I'm, I'm literally like this, like literally touching the necklace that says Yusef. Wondering how the fuck, what magic is this guy using to know my dad's name? I start crying in front of this guy, telling him about my dad. And how I've been looking for him. And he says, he's here. I was like, fucking right here? He's like, he's right here with you. And and then he asked for my number. <laughs> Not my dad. The, the, the bald, fat, spiritual healer. And I gave him a fake one. I did give him a number, but it was fake. Because I'm not that dumb of a bitch. But I still was convinced this man had a portal to Joseph. Not even considering that on my neck in bright, bold Arabic was Yusef. No, 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 no. I didn't consider that. You know why? Because I was a vulnerable bitch. And what happens to vulnerable bitches, everybody? They die. They get martyred, says a jaded woman. I'm not jaded. I'm just on guard. And I think it's smart to be on guard. You can be on guard with an open heart. That's how you survive and not have to have open heart surgery because someone stabbed you in it. Survival science. But... excuse me, I bawled my eyes out in front of this man and was certain he had a direct line to Joey P. I was like, this guy's got the change of paces number. He's on the phone with Joey P right now. How the fuck did this magician, where did he get my dad's number? I was so convinced, so convinced that when my friend Sarah came over, I lost it in her arms. You can ask her about this. She will verify the story. So convinced that when I got home, I told my boyfriend at the time that my I talked to my dad on the beach with some f- fat spiritual healer who hopped out of a white van. So convinced that I told everybody in my life, dad's with us. No, this dude was just trying to get some poon. And he, and he spoke Arabic. On guard, bitches, with an open heart. So because of that experience prior... I drove through the green light with this spiritual healer in the Mercedes, the fat bald guy. I immediately thought of that day with my Yusef necklace on the beach. And I thought, no, 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 universe. You're not killing this bitch today. No, 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 no. Not when she's not, not when she's embarking on a cross country grief trip. Absolutely not. I will not leave my sister to have to grieve two people in the same week. No way, Jose. Not killing me today. I'm not Natalie Holloway. You're welcome. I'm a rapper. <clears throat> but I, I, I truly believe that there are abilities to tap into the spiritual world. I mean, my dad came through a fart machine. Nancy is going to come through a fucking box of wine. You better believe it. You better believe it. Nancy's going to pop out of a box of wine somehow. Here's the thing about signs and, you know, people connecting with you from beyond. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. It doesn't need to be proven by science. We don't need proof. The, the, the proof of it takes away the heart. You don't need proof. 
If you believe that your dad came through to you on a fart machine, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. No one needs to go, well, the batteries could have faulted out, farted out. The, the, maybe it, it probably is glitchy. No one needs to say that. You can believe whatever you need to believe to get through your grief. There's no right or wrong way. There's no right or wrong way. And, and the stages of grief come as they come. Do not fear them. Do not fear grief. I think it was um, Queen Elizabeth, someone who said grief is, is, is like a last moment of love like grief 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 is is love with nowhere to go i think it was queen elizabeth i could be wrong grief is love with no place to go where do you put that love so when those emotions come don't fear them they're love even the denial is love and you'll find love through it you know and, and I'm so much more cognizant today in my life, in this moment, of the importance of feeling these emotions. And I know on the other side of this shit, some magic happenstance is going to occur. There, I, I just said happenstance. That's magical. <laughs> Who the fuck says happenstance? What am I, Mary Poppins? <laughs> I truly believe that this, the pain of losing my mom is going to break me so wide open. I am going to be unstoppable. I am going to be gifting so many things from my heart straight to you guys. I'm going to be creating so many things that are just pure and inspirational and, and helpful and useful. I know it in my heart. So I am open to the pain of the moment. That is grief. This current shock and denial that I'm in. I'm fine with it. I know it's value. I know it's important. I know I have to feel it in order to get to the next level. And I'm not even focused on the next level. I'm just here. I'm here in this moment in this cabin. My dogs are on their little bed in front of this fireplace. And I'm processing the shock and denial. It's not that I'm just going to process it, package it up and put it away and file it. No, it could show up again in a day or two. I I might not kick it for a week. But here's what I've learned in the first day of me being in, well, first few days of me being in shock and denial. Uh, here's, Here's how to handle the shock and denial of the grief stages with my experience. One, don't feel like you have to answer Every text, message, phone call, voicemail, DM that you get. Only answer it if it's going to bring you some sort of solace. You don't need to manage other people's grief pertaining to your own. And and Arden spoke about this on the previous podcast, Good Grief, which is so ironic that that was the podcast before this one. There are no mistakes in life. There are just moments and you follow them and they reveal their beauty after they've passed. Don't worry about answering messages. So if you've messaged me or DM'd me or whatever and I haven't gotten back to you, that's just my process. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. And it doesn't mean stop reaching out. But don't reach out to to process your own grief. Reach out because you actually care about someone and what they're going through. And as someone who's going through grief, you, it is your, not your responsibility to respond to people. I'm burping up Cheez-Its and uh, b- Cracker Barrel from yesterday. And the other thing is don't be afraid of silence. You know, I drove almost all the way from L.A. to Utah in complete silence. That's not like me. I I like to multitask when I'm driving. Not like I'm, you know, making pancakes on the dashboard hot plate, but I'm, (laughs) 
I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm taking mental notes and recording voice notes and thinking about projects that I'm working on. It's a mobile office when I'm on the road. I get so much work done driving, and that's why I enjoy these road trips. It was so uncharacteristic for me to sit in complete silence. And I wasn't afraid of it. I just allowed my thoughts to come through and I, I sat with them and it was very meditative. It was a very meditative drive. I did listen to one episode of the Tim Ferriss podcast with Mary Carr, who ironically is a professor at Syracuse University who teaches literature and I think English literature and writing and her herself is a memoirist has written a few books and she spoke on grief, grief pertaining to tragedy and trauma that she experienced as a child. But that's the thing about grief. It's not just attached to death. It, it could be, you know, the grief of rape, the grief of abuse, the grief of losing a, a boyfriend or girlfriend. There's so many variables to grief. But in this instance, I'm dealing with the grief of death. And listening to that podcast really helped me sort of understand the process a little bit and look at it from a technical standpoint again maybe nurturing the shock and denial emotion that I'm feeling or lack thereof thinking about it in a technical aspect where I'm able to sort of compartmentalize a little bit and sitting in that silence I wasn't completely thinking about my mom I did think about how much I'm gonna miss laughing my ass off with her we laughed our asses off so much we would laugh until we cried I thought about that a little bit but I also thought about other things in life I thought about how I'm grateful for friends and and how I'm grateful for fans and all the support that I've gotten and and have received through the years but the silence was company the silence was the quiet company I needed for my mind to take a stroll. And in this society, in this generation, in this culture, we're in inundated. Remember I used to say inundated? We're inundated with processing information and sound and, and songs and beeps and notifications and kids and husbands and wives and all these noises insulting and and penetrating our psyche that to be able to sit in silence and allow your body to just be is so vital to healing I can't stress that enough but the other thing that's so vital in this initial stages of grief shock and denial and losing my mom on Friday lean on your friends while it's important to create your own space and carve out your own time and not to be afraid of silence, lean on your friends. My friends just surrounded me with love. Chris, my brother, Chris McClure, surrounded me with love with his girl, Lizzie. My friend, Sarah, surrounded me with love and Marty and, you, you know, and it's not even like it has to be this cry fest, you know? It's just the support. It's just the presence of their love. Because I, I thought to myself, now I'm the person my mom was to other people. My mom was an amazing friend. I'm going to take that energy and put that into my own life and enrich in those relationships and lean on those people who are there for me no matter what. So reaching out to your friends is so important and doing whatever the fuck you need to do. That's another step in all of this. You know, it's important to have some silence and space. It's important to not feel like you need to respond to people's messages. It's important to reach out to your friends, but it's also important to do what you need to do. You want to eat a fucking cake, eat a cake. Dr. Amon would probably tell you not to and eat a bowl of blueberries instead, but you know what? Dr. Peluso is going to tell you to eat the cake. Eat the cake, anime. Okay? Sleep. Sleep if you need to. And sleep is its own category. 
you have to take care of yourself. Basically, this is like a self-care guide to grief. And the steps are pretty much going to all be the same within each stage. Uh, They'll interchange a little bit, but you need sleep. You need self-care. You need to make sure, you know, while you're enjoying cake that you're eating well and, and you're taking care of your body because, you know, there's so much going on in your mind that the cognitive function is going to be really diminished just because of the scenario. And then you add in not sleeping well and eating like shit all the time. And it's just, it's a cascading situation where you're going to be hurting the process of healing more than you will be ailing, helping it and and being able to remedy the situation. You're going to be hurting it. But on the same breath, if you need the fucking cake, eat the fucking cake. Dr. Peluso, she's progressive. You know, I, my version of eating cake was when I went over to my friend's house, Chris's house, the day I found out my mom passed away. They made me pasta, you know, comfort food. And we watched a movie and we watched, <laughs> we watched, <laughs> We watched Death Becomes Her. <laughs> Can you believe my mom dies? I watched Death Becomes Her with my friend Chris and then my cousin Allie. Shout out to Allie B. I love you so much. My my, my mini me, but she's her own person. Shout out to Allie B. I watched Death Becomes Her with my brother Chris and then my cousin Allie comes over and we watched This Is The End. Terrible movie choices or terrific? It's up It's up for debate. I think great. Uh, right up my alley. Death Becomes Her is such a good movie. Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis, Isabella Rossellini. I mean, come through 1990s. Such a great movie. Really just was what I needed. I, I Basically what I'm saying is, escape into what makes you feel good as long as that won't hinder your your healing process too much you know the healing process is like this revolving it's like this revolving orb that consists of all these things and 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 when you add things that aren't healthy it kicks it off its axis a little bit and it gets thrown off course But like I said in the beginning, this isn't a perfect science. It's not what's good for me may not be good for you. But the most important thing is to take care of yourself. Self-care is vital. It's vital on a daily routine. It's vital on a daily basis. But when it comes to times like this, it is the most vital. Try to maintain somewhat of a routine, but don't, don't, you know, tear yourself down because you didn't just know that it's possible but also be kind to yourself there's a sweet space in the middle there somewhere between cake and movies and and that's up to you to decide but this whole process of grief is one of those things that I think they should just touch upon in school What the fuck did I do with calculus? I'm still terrible at math and I got a calculator on my phone. I have not needed to add anything ever since school ended. You couldn't give me just a a scoop of grief counsel? I couldn't get a scoop of, you know, just, hey, one day your mom's going to die. Here are the stages of grief. Not that we can plan and and prepare you as to what is exactly going to go down, but here's just a, here's the gist. Can I get a gist of grief? No, 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 no. You want to blow something up in a beaker? What? Just a little, just, just a little bit. Oh, they're kids. It's, it's too much. Kids are so resilient. They're so smart and they're so able to process so much more than adults because they're not, hopefully not just clouded with you know, a jaded perspective and all this trauma that they've incurred in their own life and the ancestral trauma they're carrying over from eons ago. 
kids are pure. Children are pure. No, not one little tidbit of grief in, in high school, huh? Thanks, Mrs. E. Mord. That was my, my chemistry teacher. It's a brutal yet beautiful process. And I can say that because I've been through it. I can say that because I know who I am in it and on the other side of it. I can say that because I know what it has made me feel. And I know, like I said, the value of honoring each one of these emotions. Don't fear it. The fear takes on a body all of itself. Believe me that if you if you had a bad relationship with your parents, you're going to have an entirely different grieving process than I I will because my parents are amazing. And that's the other thing you learn through grief. Your relationship with them does not go away. They don't go anywhere. They just change. Your relationship just evolves. But that's all life is. It's an evolution. It's energy morphing into something else. It's energy expanding. It's energy retracting. It's, it's combust. <laughs> My microphone fell again. <laughs> it's a constant evolution. Grief is, is the evolution of your relationship with your loved one. And these stages help you hopefully come to the new relationship you have with them. And whether your relationship was poor prior to their death or wonderful, the outcome of the relationship on the other side of grief will be up to you. If you have a bad relationship with your parents now and they're still alive, find a way to fucking fix it. Or don't. And deal with how it makes you feel on the other side. But just know that there's always an opportunity to evolve the relationship. They can exist in your life in, in any aspect or, or way or dimension that you see fit. I, I talk to my mom. I talk to my dad. Even though she just passed away, I talk to them. I still have a very good relationship with them and I think it's important for people to know that the relationship doesn't go away. It just evolves. You may not see them in their physical form, but then again, we're not promised this vessel. We don't even get to keep our bodies after we pass on. The only thing we get to hang on to is our soul. This vessel is is a rental. So essentially... On the other side of death is the most purest form of our existence, our soul. And how you connect with it. And maybe for me, and I hope for you, you're able to connect with yourself on a deeper level. On a level so deep you never even thought you could swim in that depth. And you do drown a little. You do drown a little. Let me tell you, through grief, there will be some drowning, but you survive it. It just feels like you're drowning. And that's an emotion you, you, a tough emotion that you have to, not, you don't have to, but it would behoove you. Fucking happenstance and behoove. God, Angela Lansbury's hosting this podcast. It would behoove you to swim through those emotions. So while I am in this current stage of denial and shock, I'm I'm swimming through it. I'm just going to accept it. I I accept what the day gives. I don't worry about what tomorrow might bring. I don't even hope about what tomorrow might bring. I just accept the day. And today I'm in fucking shock. <laughs> but I know I love her. I know she loves me. I was given the gift of being able to see her on FaceTime. I was able to say goodbye to her on FaceTime. I didn't get that with my dad. 
I didn't get to verbalize goodbye to him. It went through a nurse who was kind enough to do that. And if you guys know that story, it's, it's on previous episodes, but John Heffron, while my dad was sick, had, he's a comedian, had experienced a similar situation with Alzheimer's and dementia. And he told me, just know that hearing is one of the final senses to go. He can hear you. And because he said that, I decided to call my dad the night before he passed away. Actually, the night he passed away. I couldn't speak to him. I told the night nurse, can you please just tell my dad that I called. I'm Jesse, his favorite daughter. Tell him I called and that I love him. She went in and did that. And about 15 minutes later, he passed away. That is the gift in the suffering. And I... I learned about that phrase, the gift and the suffering from, from Mary Carr, who was on the Tim Ferriss show just recently. But with my mom, I FaceTimed her earlier in the morning on Friday and she was awake and I got to see her say she loves me. And that's a gift. I didn't know it was going to be the last time that I would see her mouth those words, but I got that. In this time, in this quarantine, this pandemic, a lot of people aren't getting that. So you can either harp on what you didn't get or be grateful for the gift that you received. It is a mindset. It's a mindset. And it, the mindset that you choose for yourself will either destroy you or set you free. The choice is yours. How do you want your relationship to be with yourself and your loved one through this process of grief? That is your choice. I'm filled with love, so I choose love. I'm fortunate enough to have been loved. And I'm fortunate enough to have love in my life. That's not to say the next episode I'm not going to be a blubbering mess and you guys better accept me with open fucking arms if I am. And I very well may be. But the current state of shock and denial has allowed me to speak from my heart and honestly in this adorable cabin by a fire in Manti, Utah, wherever the fuck that is, a really cute town. There's a horse in the backyard. I might move here. But you will get through this. You will survive grief. And I will help you. I will help you through all of these stages. I will document all the stages that I can and share with you how I'm feeling and what I'm doing to get through it. So just don't forget your self-care guide of silence, sleep, nutrition, exercise, friends, and breathing through all of it. Write that shit down. Keep it in a page in your journal and start to journal your emotions. I'm doing that. I've been doing that for a couple years. And just know that This is a part of the process. It's an evolution of the self. That we aren't guaranteed anything. We don't get to keep anything in this life but our soul. So protect yours. Cherish it. Nourish it. And find a way to repair the relationships that mean something to you. And if something traumatic happened to you, I've been there. Find a way to find peace with it. It'll set you free. And I'll leave you with this. When we were on FaceTime with my mom, it's so hard to know what to say. You don't even know if she's absorbing everything. But I believe Ram Das said, we are all just walking each other home. And I said that to my mom, that we're just walking you home. You're going home. And we will carry you with us forever. If you get the opportunity to say goodbye to someone you love, say everything you feel. Don't worry about who, whoever's in the room, what they're going to think of you. you. You seize that moment to express yourself to the fullest. It will set you free. Trust me. Trust and believe. 
I told her that we are walking her home and I'm going to drink all her boxed wine. And she opened her eyes and flipped me off and then she died. No. <laughs> Laughter is important. Also laugh. I should add that to the list. Laugh. The list will grow and evolve. But as of now, self-care is number one. Find a self-care routine that works for you. And just know that grief is love with nowhere to go. Nowhere to go but in. So breathe in all that love and know you're going to get through it. Oh, God, it hurts so much. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm still in denial. I can't feel anything. It's great. This is the greatest stage. This stage isn't so bad. I can actually get some work done. We'll see what happens when anger kicks around. That's going to be fun, huh? Right on Thanksgiving? Might smash some mugs. You guys will get through it. There's beauty on the other side of the destruction. And you guys know what I say. Life is brutal. You don't get to have the beauty without the brutal. And they coexist and they are the antithesis of one another. They need each other to exist. So just know you're going to get through this brutal time in your life. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate your support, your patronage, and I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.